Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Had a chance to go up to the wonderful Southern Hills Golf Club there in Brooksville the last couple of days, days two and three of the AAC Conference Women's Golf Tournament. The Bulls were in good position after day one, put themselves in a tough spot with an off middle round, and then had their best round yesterday. In the end, they were going to need for somebody to drop underneath them to secure, as much as you can say, secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. As it stands, the Bulls are right smack dab on the bubble. We'll explain fully after we give you all the details. We told you on our last show Tuesday how things started very well for USF, tied for third, four under par. But then that middle round, the Bulls were nine over. Very few birdies to be had. It was a great finish by Lowe. Lauren Heinlein, the transfer from Kansas, had a birdie eagle birdie towards the end of her round to give the Bulls a two under 70, but that was their only under par round. Melanie Green just had the one birdie. Alize Vidal, who is the player who, along with Melanie last year, made the NCAA tournament as an individual as Vidal took the A-Sun Championship with Kennesaw State, but she had a rough start. Her first round shot seven over. That score did not count for the Bulls. Then her middle round of five over, you would hope that wouldn't actually have to count because, again, in golf, you have five players and the worst score gets dropped, but that actually did stand for the Bulls because they just, as we say, had a rough day. Melanie Green, who was fantastic in her first round, the Bulls' top player and a top 50 player who even if the Bulls don't get into the NCAA as a team, has a really good chance to get an at-large spot as an individual. After going 500 with no bogeys in her first round, this round, one birdie, three bogeys, and two over par. So entering the final round, the Bulls were in the fifth spot, which is, and this is kind of how golf rankings work, how you move up and or down them. They entered as the fifth-ranked team, so in order to move up in the computers, you're going to have to catch up to one of those teams, just one, and that would have probably been enough. But the problem was they were 10 shots behind the closest competitor, that being Houston, entering the final round. Well, roughly midway through the round, they actually were ahead of Houston. They had made up those 10 shots, boosted by Leo. Leonor Maderos had five birdies in her first 12 holes, so she was for her round four under par. Lauren Heinlein, she had four birdies in her first 12 holes and she was three under after 12. In fact, they were ahead of Houston. They had made up 10 shots and at that time, Melanie Green's score wasn't counting because she was one over par. Everybody else had edged her by a bit and Houston was struggling. But then in the middle of that back nine on holes 14 and 15, both Vidal and Maderos bogeyed each of those holes and it dropped the Bulls a few shots below Houston. Meanwhile, Green started heating up at the end of her round. In fact, I was following her at the end, and she birdied three straight holes. The wild one was the 16th hole, which was very reachable in two of par five, and she was upset with herself that she didn't get her approach on the green. Chose to go putter from really about 10 yards off the edge of the green and kind of chunked it. So she was facing a birdie still on the fringe and putted it in, so she was going and then the par 317th was like nothing actually she had to do the little body lean to get a putt to drop in and that finish the three straight birdies got her back inside the top five for the tournament she actually finished five under par which was good for fourth place the winner was michelle zhang 
a freshman from SMU. We'll tell you more about her on Around the American. So Green ended up fourth for the tournament, five under par again at one point on Wednesday. Her score was not going to count. It was the worst score for the Bulls. She ended up with the best score tied with teammate Lauren Heinlein at two under par. Medeiros ended up one under for her final round. Vidal shot her best score of even par. Juliana Camargo shot a one over par on her final round. Actually, Heinlein's strong ending to round two and solid showing in round three got her just outside the top ten, one under for the entire event. Medeiros was one over inside the top 15 for her sake. So the Bulls, at that point when they were done, they were in the third from last group. Would not have minded if Houston had had some struggles and finished underneath them or even tied with the Bulls. But Houston, thanks to that 10-shot advantage coming into the day, able to stay two shots ahead of the Bulls. What does this mean? Well, believe me, head coach Erica Brennan and assistant Dalton Stevens, and they shared this with me, have it all mapped out on a spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets. And basically, where the Bulls came into the week ranked 57th in the country is the last team getting into the field. So it's like college basketball. If you're on the bubble, you want all of the conference champions by ranking to actually win their conference tournaments. In other words, no upsets. That part's been fine. But also you don't want any of the power conference golf tournaments in this case to have teams that are in the middle of the pack finish towards the top. And therefore, if they're around the bulls on the bubble, jump over them. The big one to watch out for starts tomorrow. That'll be the Big Ten where there are three teams right around the Bulls. We'll give you more details on tomorrow's show. There is one to keep an eye on today. That is the, of course, if you had planned on keeping an eye on the Mountain West Conference final round out in Rancho Mirage, California. But two top 50 teams in that conference, and they are one and two going into the final round. The third highest ranked team in that conference happens to be UNLV, and they enter the week nationally ranked 53rd, just ahead of the Bulls. They enter the final round in fifth place in their conference tournament. So if they stay there, there's a chance that they end up sliding underneath the Bulls. Every little result at this point helps. It was like watching yesterday, every single putt, every single stroke. You knew had a lot riding on it. That's kind of where we are. But remember, grand scheme of things, women's golf has not gotten an at-large bid in a long time, and they are definitely in the running. That's the big thing to remember. And hey, they came into this week one spot ahead of two lanes so that was the other thing that kind of just got pushed off to the side because of two lanes poor start the bulls had to finish ahead of the green wave and two lane finished 23 over while the bulls were even par so that's a green wave team that won the whole thing last year and was hoping for a similar run but now they're done so the bulls in a better spot than them for sure better finish would have made it for an easier weekend but at least they are right there well there's no bubble watch for tennis both teams have to win over in Orlando at the USDA National Courts. And in my opinion, the starting lineup, whenever it gets announced, maybe by the time you're hearing this, it already will have been. The starting lineup is big for the Bulls. If Grace Schumacher is in it, their chances go up as far as possibly winning the whole thing. It's going to be a tough few days. Memphis is a team that just beat the Bulls. The Tigers are the sixth seed. But that was without Schumacher. If she's back from injury, from what I understand, it's definitely possible then the Bulls' chances go up. Again, Schumacher was not in the lineup the last two matches, losses to UCF and Memphis, and those are the two teams in reverse order that the Bulls will have to beat just to get to the finals in Orlando. They're the third seed, Memphis the sixth seed, which took care easily of Cincinnati yesterday. While the Bulls are playing Memphis at noon today, UCF will be playing the seventh seed Houston Cougars 
And if the Bulls win today, we will have a pair of wars on I-4 in tennis because the quarterfinals with just eight teams on the men's side playing are already set. And yep, the Bulls as the sixth seed will be playing the three seed UCF. So let's let today's result hopefully finish positively for the Bulls and then we'll fully set you up tomorrow's show for what we hope is two tennis wars on I-4. We did not do a baseball broadcast on Tuesday and well, probably saved you a difficult broadcast because this one was over early and the Bulls lose to UNF 10-0. No shame in losing to the Ospreys. It's seven straight wins by UNF, but this was not even close. Unlike two weeks ago when it was a 10-inning affair for UNF, the Bulls kept a relatively prolific home run hitting team in the ballpark. That went away first thing in this game as UNF got a three-run homer from Jacob Runnels in the very first inning against Nolan Hootie for the first time in more than a month. It was not Lawson Gailey getting the Tuesday start. I'm going to guess that means that Billy Mole wants to have the freshman available out of the pen. So Hootie and Tanner Mink combined to give up seven runs in the first three innings. And at that point, it was just about tacking on for UNF and maybe getting a run rule victory, which it did. 10 to nothing. Bulls could not get the bats going against Will Omi, the Newsom High School kid who has had a injury-plagued situation. He missed all of last year due to injury. His first three seasons combined 11 appearances this year. Well, Tuesday marked his 12th appearance, and it also marked his career high in strikeouts of five Bulls, and it just was not a good game for USF. But it will also be a very quick and distant memory if the Bulls can win their next game, especially series, as guess who comes to town? The UCF Knights, and they're on a bit of a roll. We'll end the hour with Around the American. We'll tell you what went on midweek baseball, including a walk-off win for UCF. So they were kind of down and out a little bit ago, but not anymore. In fact, they're the hotter team. So on tomorrow's show, we'll be previewing baseball and softball wars on I-4 and hopefully two tennis. We did not expect the men's soccer schedule release. I think I know why the Bulls were eager to get it out, because it is stacked. Indiana which is the national runner-up from last year, is coming to Tampa. So is Clemson. These are some amazing teams that the Bulls will be playing. One of the best in the country. In fact, team that was number one last year for a while before Kentucky rose over them was Washington. Well, Washington came to Corbett Stadium. The Bulls will make the return trip. In fact, after a few exhibition games, including one against the UCF Knights. How about that? Quick answer to the question of what will happen when UCF leaves the conference. They'll play an exhibition on August the 17th, then off to Seattle, Washington to begin the year. First against Seattle U, the Red Hawks actually just had a big-time change in their leadership as Pete Fewing, who has been their coach for 29 years, couldn't quite get to year 30, actually wanted to transition into Athletic directing, so their longtime assistant is their coach. So that'll be the backstory for their first game. And then a few days later at Washington. After that, they come home for five in a row, four leading up to conference, including back to back games on September the 8th and 12th against Indiana and Clemson, bookended by Mercer and Elon. Elon, a very strong team that made the tourney last year. Then it's their conference opener against SMU. Always a difficult task. They have to go to FIU and Tulsa back-to-back. Charlotte's coming to Tampa. I mean, it is going to be a very difficult schedule. Last year, you may recall, 10 teams in the conference, and frankly, the Bulls were just trying to get in the top six. They ended up doing much better than that with a third-place finish. But their first three matches were against, basically, the teams expected to finish outside the top six. Well, 
that's not how it's going this year. It's stacked from the beginning, and it's something we'll talk to head coach Bob Butehorn about soon enough. Also love talking about track and field. Want to mention that they are still number one in the country in the women's long jump. That's right, number one as a squad, and they've jumped into the top five, pun intended, in the 400-meter hurdles. Great stuff from track and field. So tomorrow we will have a stacked weekend preview for you and hopefully a recap of a victorious women's tennis quarterfinal over in Orlando. Hey, remember Thursday's mean classic 2007 football, so enjoy that this afternoon. That's Bulls Beat for you on a Thursday. I'm Derek Sharp.